You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Dominic D'Angelo on the Premier Streaming Network. Maybe you're listening to us on a podcast. If not, uh, if so, hello. Um, but yes, uh, it is episode, I want to say 12. Episode 12 here. And it, we got a good one. We got a good one. Uh, Rob, how you doing, man? Not a lot happening lately, huh? Double D. Not much to talk about, dude. I know. I, I hope we find something. Uh, but I guess I will address the elephant in the room and ask, did you see Barbie for a second time? Uh, not yet. It's going to be in September because uh, we have uh, Katie's got a match in uh, Los Angeles and we have this whole thing planned around it. Oh, okay. Nice. I'll watch it again. She was telling uh, a friend about it uh, last night. Actually, yeah. she was telling um, Diamante and, yeah. uh, and Kiera. Kiera Hogan, yeah. We were talking about that, and she told them that I liked the movie better than she did. Really? So, do really? you like it better than she than Katie? Apparently, she's apparently, and I didn't even I don't know. I just appreciated because uh, I knew what they did with the writing of it. Like I understood how they were making the story of this toy into a screenplay, and actually, really, um, I thought they did a great job of capitalizing and um, just really elaborating on, on everything they could to make an actual movie story kind of match the whole history of uh, Barbie's story. And not that I'm an expert on it, but I did see the documentary on it, you know, and, and I understand some of the pressures the Barbie makers had because of the um, the image that, yeah, moms would be concerned about their daughters living up to this image set by Barbie. And it's, uh, but yeah, I just thought, like, I understood w- what they were doing behind the dialogue. And, and I really liked it for that. You know, plus, you know, as I said, I like uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, yeah, she's great. Yeah. It, like, that's the thing, too, is like people are going with the impression of like, oh, it's the meat. Like, we talked about last week, but like, oh, machismo or demeaning the men or whatever and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, the history of the Barbie stuff. If you know that, that's another layer to it. Plus, on top of that, yeah, it's a subtle remark on stuff that kind of makes it interesting. And it's Barbie. It's not like we're, it's not like the fucking G.I. Joe sequel here. It's like, you know, <laughs> they're appealing yeah. to, to, to women. So it's just like, 
but it's engaging. It's a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor kind of thing. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay, but you're just getting that from uh, hearsay? Just hearsay. Well, just the kind of expectations of what I've had about it. Well, yeah, what you've told me and then what I've he- heard from other people that went and saw the movie too. So. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's not too far off from my dream living in uh, Barbie land. But yeah. I wouldn't invite any of my bros, though. That's where Ken fucked up. Yeah. And, hey, I be- I washed my hands after we recorded last week. So. I bet it goes through your mind now, doesn't it? It does. Like, take the dude's hand. And it's, even different. Like, it's different. It's like we got this testosterone in our skin. And when you when your pores, you know, wipe another man's pores, it's just like, you know, it's time I go by a sink. I'm going to wash that off. And, You're right, you know. Is that- uh, Girls like they smell your hand smells better afterwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> you spray me with perfume or is it hand lotion or what did you do? They're like, you know, that's how I see them anyway. But uh, I also was telling Kara and uh, I meant to, um, that you know, I'm not I'm not one to, to want to invite all the bros over. And I was saying when Katie has her friends over and they're getting content in the swimming pool and stuff, man, I get so many comments from uh bros like dude you gotta invite me over man i gotta come by your house someday man what time we kicked the girl out i don't know if i told you this no she was just like oh i feel sorry for rob he's the only guy here let me call my boyfriend over i was like dude you're setting up a fucking blind bro date at my own house i'm living here do not call your fucking boyfriend over to hang out with me. And she kept going back to it. Like, oh, he's the only guy I feel sorry for. I'm, like, I'm fine. Like, I, this is perfect. Like, you know, she was, oh, we ended up saying, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Because she was so persistent. Wow. It, got, it got ridiculous. To yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird, but yeah. People are strange. So, I, you know, Barbie Land was like, um, Margot was stereotypical Barbie. And then, like they, they just wake up in the morning and they all go out to their balcony of their of their Barbie houses, and it's kind of like the Flintstone uh, movie where yeah. it's yeah, and um, but they all say hi to each other, you know, and it's hi Black Barbie and uh, hi uh, Librarian Barbie or good good morning or whatever, I don't know, I fucking lines up, but you get it though. I and it's just, they're all just happy and everything, and until Ken brings the bros in, dude. Yeah. Ugh. Now they're all farting all over the place and competing with each other, trying to outdo e- each other in bro contests. Ugh. Ugh. Too much. Too much. Not for me, man. I, I said, I got to save Barbie Land. No, it was good, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, let me know when you see it. I'll definitely keep you posted about it. Um, Can't believe that was the question you started out with. Did I see it again? Everybody wanted to know about it. That's what everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess we'll we'll follow up with this. Um, Wednesday was pretty busy, I guess, for you. Um, you you're known as Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Thursday Night, Mr. Pay Per View. Uh, why not another weekday, huh? You, it happened on Dynamite this past week. Uh, how'd that all kind of feel starting off, Rob? Uh, it was pretty good reaction from the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I. I was concerned that this surprise would be blown because it usually is. And 
they didn't get too far out, you know. So even a lot of the boys were surprised, and they went through so much trouble to um, <clears throat> to hide me that, like, even after we pulled into the garage, they put me in a uh, in a you know in my in my uh, ride my truck van limo whatever the fuck it was, but they put me in a wheelchair. It put a black curtain over top of me and like pushed me like like all the way back to like this room and then you know i just had my own room so i was like well i'm not gonna fuck it up and after i go through all that trouble and so i just stayed in my room until after i made my appearance but like i was still seeing guys at the end of the night jeff hardy and uh matt and um some of the guys i hadn't seen all day brian cage and they were still surprised they're like i thought i heard the crowd saying rvd or something what and so anyway um pretty it, the everyone kept the lid on it pretty good yeah and how did it feel going out to walk again with that hitting that that was awesome yeah when i found out that he was gonna have the rights to to walk it just like put put me in a different vibe you know what i mean just just knowing uh the reaction that that was going to get and how the fans would be emotionally connected to that, you know, let it play for a few seconds. I wish you would have had Fonzie's whistle to follow up, you know, I used to send him through the curtain first, but, but back then I would wait forever. I'd still be taping my wrists up while my music's playing <laughs> and I'd be like doing some push ups and, Push Fonzie out there now and go, hey. <laughs> Pace it out. Make him wait. Make him wait. <laughs> uh, so um, when did he kind of break it to you that uh, you were getting walk? Was it when you arrived there or was it like a certain point in time? Was he like, hey, Rob, I got something for you? Um, I we didn't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, Tuesday, I think I sent a, a text because it would cross my mind. I was just picturing and I was like, oh, man. And I sent uh, the producer um, that I'm I, I, I text, you know, mm -hmm. and said, dude, if Tony could get the rights to walk, um, wow. And then he said, uh, yeah, we tried, you know, and we weren't able to. And I was like, ah, whatever. And then it wasn't until uh, a little while, hour or so, within the first hour, I guess, when I was at the at the building, um, then that just changed. I was like, what? I, wait, how, is this updated? Because I just yesterday, you know, it's sweet, you know, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, uh, read some of the comments on social media for for people saying from people saying you know like brought tears to their eyes and stuff like that so pretty yeah, cool pretty damn cool and it was neat too because not only were you trending on twitter like rob van dam was trending on twitter but pantera was trending too because of it <laughs> it was pretty wild to see and it's just like um yeah awesome i mean when i heard it too i was like i had to second guess my ears I was like are they playing walking like sure enough you're up man yeah, because otherwise, I mean, I don't know what they would have played. You know, if they just made something up or whatever, it would have kind of been weird. We would have just counted on the graphics to, 
you know, get the uh, reaction until they saw me. But yeah, yeah. would they could they have done your your TNA tune? Because you don't, since they could, have. I don't yeah. think it would get the same reaction. Probably not. No, no. But walk, walk hit the right spot for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what? How was your interaction with Tony Khan and everything like that? And did you meet him before this? I know he was a big fan of you growing up and everything. I had not met him. I'd only talked to him on the phone uh, before. So last night I met him and, uh, you know, obviously he was cool, respectful. Um, and he reminded me that he uh, had told me this on the phone a long time ago, that he was as a fan, he was at the uh, stretcher match of RVD and Sabu in uh, Philadelphia. He said he was there and he said that he, you know, he, that he felt like that night, you know, was like a, a big vehicle moment that catapulted me, you know, and, and, uh, and at the time, I mean, it was like my favorite match at the time. I loved it. I remember the match, you know, really well, certain spots of it, but uh, at that time, every match for me was the next one was my, would be my favorite, you know, the next one. And uh, especially with Sabu, every time we'd wrestle, we'd try and outdo it. Same thing with anybody there. But uh, he was, that, yeah, he reminded me. Um, he was there, and uh, and that was a, um, a, a real special night for him as a fan, too. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty damn neat. It's, uh, you know, he had Sabu in there, you know, at double or nothing and everything. So uh, it was, it's kind of cool to see all that connecting together. Plus you and Jerry, did you, so did you get to interact pretty much good with Jerry too backstage and stuff? I know you see him somewhat often and once in a while, right? So. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I just saw him a, a week ago somewhere, somewhere before that too. So yeah, we've been running into him. Always good to see Jerry. Yep. 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 How about Taz? Did you get to connect with Taz? Yes, I did. Yeah. Taz is cool. Yep. Um, I saw on the Tuesday night, because I came in Tuesday night, I saw Taz and Justin Roberts. I think that's it. Yeah. Because yeah. it was funny because I was looking on Instagram and he posted a video of you, like of his own perspective and stuff. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I wish he, he didn't get a chance to razz him in the ring. I know that much. Could you? Not, <laughs> he wasn't yeah, in there. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Still <laughs> Wednesday. That's uh, that's what I'm gonna be looking for. I think to do the most. But do they do they do they do the announcing when the wrestlers are in the ring or prior to when they're uh, ooh to the ring? I think some... to the ring. In the ring or or, or they announce them to the I ring? I think when you go when you're walking towards the ring, that's yeah. when you're gonna be announced. Right. So then that'll be hard to um to rib Justin like I normally do. But that's cool. Hey, you got to give some things up you know yeah, right. like a little get a little sometimes times they are changing <laughs> um who else was they gonna ask about if you saw um oh yeah well you mentioned him the hardys uh you met, saw matt and jeff and it's kind of cool that we just talked about jeff last week in a lot of detail and stuff so uh how was it connected back with those guys yeah you know and i see matt um and i think i probably said that when we talked about him i see matt at some of the cons and stuff they were both at the Con a few rows from me recently in Kentucky and um, Knoxville, but I never made it made it, you know, to see them. And so I hadn't seen Jeff in 
Mm, a long time, I guess. I can't yeah. remember the last time I saw Jeff would have been, but, but man, he looks awesome. Uh, he's slimmed down. He's got some abs. Crazy, because um, you know he's always been like way heavier than than he looks. You know, me too. Like I've said that before too. Like my poundage on the scale is always heavier than than I look. And other wrestlers talk about that too when they go to pick me up. They're surprised because a lot of people in their minds want to make me out to be 210 or something so you know when i was 240 and uh um that's a big difference and i always thought that about jeff like whenever i picked him up wherever i was like jesus like i didn't expect him to be that heavy uh but um he looked fucking uh good he does man it like it's like you look at some of the like guys like you guys like him uh, Matt even, uh, Jeff Jarrett is like, it's very ageless, like in a lot of ways. Uh, Billy Gunn too. I know like a lot of those guys, it's man, that's wow. pretty remarkable. Um, who else was there? There was one other I saw Christian, I saw Big yeah. Show, I saw Mark Henry. Um, by the way, uh, pretty sure Mark Henry, Big Show, and me in Jericho, and I think Goldust, well, I was going to say we're all the same age. I think Old Dust might be like two years older, but um, we're all like basically the same age. So. In the same ball. And you know what? Was- it, is it pretty wild to kind of think about that and be like, man, so it's like, yeah, you, Dustin, Jericho, and um, I'll even add, well, Dreamer and Bully Rain in the mix. Like, you guys are like kind of that final generation in a lot of ways i mean you could kind of factor the hardys in too a little bit but they're maybe a little bit younger obviously but does that is that kind of wild to kind of think about when you when you factor that in or is it just like hey you know uh people get older and that's how it goes you know more the later i mean no no wild thoughts there you know yeah I, it's it's Uh-oh. neat though because like you look at somebody like Dustin and like he's doing some of his best work now than he was even back in the day. It's like some of the stuff he's able to pull off is pretty remarkable. And, uh, so yeah. he's like kind of reinvented himself, but then like a lot of you guys are still able to do what you're doing, you know? Dude, there's going to be a lot of uh, doubters put to shame next week. Let me just put it that way. Some of the comments uh, that I that I read, uh, <laughs> like man that. One uh, one dude said um, he's too old and fragile for beating his body up. <laughs> like, like we're like I personally like I don't identify with old. Um, you know, from like I don't because I don't feel old. Yeah. And but I understand that at fifty two, the younger people would look at that as old. I, I I get that, so it's not. It just it is what it is. Like we're just you know like anything else. I'm not insulted, but but I don't identify with it because I feel great, you know, and uh, and and, and so anyway, um, knowing what I know, <laughs> having the insight that I do, um, it, it, I, I when they say something like that, I always just think, you know, they're relating it to their family and people that they know that are broken down at 35 and I, and I, and I get that too, but fragile, like where, like, where did that come from? Like that, that was like, that's like so alien. Like, uh, I don't, I get, that's just weird to me to, that somebody it's, it's weirder than, uh, somebody thinking that, uh, my lungs are definitely damaged and he's got better lungs than I do for sure. 
like that's just that was that's weird you know to think like oh why would people like assume like what is that even based on but uh i i feel like the same way but even weirder about fragile because that's just like something that like i've never never been identified with you know (laughs) and and people that have i guess out of shape family members or influences in their life then they then they i guess they're thinking oh no he's gonna break a hip but to me it's just like you know because i'm still bumping and i'm still doing everything and, and because i know how i feel um it's it's pretty funny to to hear some of those some of those comments but like i said though i'm sorry petrie i just kicked my dog i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that um but like i said though uh the naysayers next week then uh, then afterwards when everybody is saying like holy shit you know what they'll have no accountability they'll just they'll either jump on the bandwagon or else they'll just uh um, yeah they'll either jump on the bandwagon or not say anything that's how it goes yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) they'll just be full of shit forever because no one will hold them to it (laughs) exactly um so yeah did you you ran into jericho then too you talked to him a little bit yeah yep yep after his match he was all sweaty and i had a shirt (laughs) on i hugged him and then i went oh that's all right same thing with jeff but then i was like oh did i get paint on my shirt (laughs) yeah because you got that's another thing you gotta factor in with jeff what what uh i i I doubt i'm sure i've seen him since the the this is way longer this is 2016 Mm -hmm. uh the weekend that i met katie in uh, dallas texas wrestlecon um it was uh i i will always remember that as being like my rock bottom weekend of you know like uh really long depression that went down into uh finally hit something and bounced back um, but anyway, during part of that um, weekend, and I was intentionally drinking a lot, like in a destructive manner. It was crazy. But um, man, Karen Jarrett, I guess, asked if I could go do the JR interview question in front of the crowd thing because Kurt, for some reason, couldn't make it. And I was just like, sure just stumbling around like whatever and i and so i did the and i just kept drinking on stage with jr um um and anyway reason this comes to mind is i remember like i feel like this was obnoxious but when i saw jeff i just remember going jeff and i grabbed him and wham like i head butted him like so fucking stiff like i used to think that was funny like when i was really young you know but Kind of embarrassing I did that because it was so hard. But then he just gave it like right back to me. Wham. <laughs> and then I grabbed Hurricane and did the same thing. Wham. <laughs> and then um I don't even, you know, I wandered off, you know, and then had a crazy, crazy night. But um I had when I looked in the mirror, um, I had Jeff's paint on my forehead <laughs> all night. All night long. Hey, Lily, <laughs> what a memory. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, Sorry, Jeff, dude. That, that was dickish. It was it was really stiff. But I knew he could take it, I guess, or I wouldn't have given it to him. But right, I, wouldn't yeah, do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that now, though. Right, right. Not the peaceful warrior that I am now. <laughs> exactly. Not how fragile you are, Rob. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Yeah. It takes a long time to heal after something like that. When you're don't, yes, yes. Um... 
as far as uh did you get to catch any like of the action in the ring like that after you got out or did something stand out to you anything or anybody uh, i didn't see any no no you know I, I was yeah like i stayed back in that room and then um i after the match i went back to the room but i was and then i did like a, a podcast uh I can't remember what it was called. I tell you, but you so, did the AEW one, the restricted one, or whatever. No, it was really, really weird. A dude gave me the. He did the whole interview like in a in a character. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and uh, and then Katie had family, uh, her sister and uh, brother in law, which would be my sister in law and brother in law too. Um, they were there because they live uh, near Tampa. So then, you know, we got them uh, in the back and catering and everything. So I really didn't see any of the show. Okay. Okay. How was the atmosphere like just backstage and the dynamic, the, what you got to experience from with AEW and stuff? Um, you hear good things about the locker room. And then, like, there's been reports about, like, oh, the, like, you wouldn't have gotten in all the drama if there was any of that. But how did it feel for you, dynamic wise? Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, no, nothing bad, you know. I'm just trying to think of what would, what I could say about it that, that would make it different. Um, um, you know, it's it, it's not the quite the big stressful production of WWE. Uh, it's definitely not like a like a little small little indie show either. You know, it's like. Um, somewhere in between, but closer to WWE. But like when I've done TV for international shows that a lot of my fans wouldn't know about, you know, like in the UK or in Australia or, um, or maybe even in Japan, you know, um, maybe I would compare it like that as far as just the, 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 the free air, you know, people are walking around, um, uh, genuinely happy to be there i don't really know how to describe it as as being uh you know i i can't think of anything that was like outstanding yeah 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 no i think that i mean if you're the, the aspect of it being different than WWE, because like you think people walk, I, i've never been backstage at WWE, but from what you hear it's like you know different climate people are kind of on their toes about stuff and things like that but you know if you're backstage at other shows it got that atmosphere was like shit's getting done. People are working, but there's also like, Hey, you know, it's not like crazy amount of pressure like that you're feeling or anything. Like that sex, so. Right. Yeah. 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 That, um, was, that was cool. That's good. Somebody that we did see uh, on, on uh, Twitter that uh, shared a picture was Sammy Guevara. You and you and Sammy. Um, yes. How, have you met him before uh, this or was this your guys' first time meeting kind of thing? And what do you, what do you think? How was your interaction with Sammy? Um, this was the first time I met him. It, it, this is uh, something funny too that I saw on Twitter. Like someone go back and, and bring you up the tongue thing or whatever. Yeah, I just said, "Why does everyone stick their tongue out?" I don't know what it means. Something to that effect. Yeah. And uh, and then they go back and get it. They're like, "Oh, well, this is awkward." <laughs> like, "Ooh, you really got me," you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're so stupid, right? stupid same thing with the all petite wrestling you know they're like yeah from 2019 they bring it up they're like wow well this didn't age well <laughs> what do you say to that because in their minds you know they think like 
that like everybody should be like lined up holding hands. Don't let RVD in here. He said off the T rest. Um, Sammy was cool. He, I was actually, um, walking or standing by him and he just, uh, um, was just like, ah, dude, Hey, you know, he was just welcome. Can I get a picture? You know? And he was just, uh, uh, like that. He seemed very pleased to, uh, um, that I was there. A lot of guys did, you know what I mean? So that was cool. But, um, but Sammy will definitely stand out as being very cool for, you know, for, for, for that he he just you know he he had his girl um take the picture and uh and then a photographer took a picture of the three of us and um you know he fanboyed <laughs> hey you know it's hard to it's hard not to i'm sure if you're like a talent. hey everybody grew up watching me i say that right. every day every people tell me all the time dude i grew up watching you i'm like i know everybody <laughs> did, <laughs> everybody did. Yeah, no, and it's like I'm sure he's that's a why fragile. That's why I'm fragile. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm so fragile now. <laughs> I have poor lungs. Um, what? Um, yes, uh, you got to cut a little bit of a promo too on on Dynamite with Renee. Um, I thought that was great too. It was just like kind of you uh, you were like, and you brought it up. It kind of serendipitous in a way because last week we talked about the hardcore title and you defending the hard, winning the hardcore title. But I actually didn't know until afterwards, like when I did some research after the fact, like when I was doing some write-ups and stuff, that you retired the hardcore title. And so, and it was funny because you were like, I've retired some belts before, look it up. <laughs> and then That one, the European belt I retired. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I don't, there might be another one in WWE. So, um, I'm trying to think of what somebody, somebody told me that it was was there a universal belt or something i can't remember it was something a fan told me so i don't know if that's true or not but but yeah that happened uh, at least you know with the european championship and the hardcore well i guess that was the same was that the same last match i guess i don't even know i know when i retired the hardcore belt it was with dreamer I don't know if he was the european belt but there was like i would win the belt and then merge them and then just retired one and it was like that that happened uh, at least two maybe three times with my wwe run also yeah also another interesting fact is that um i have gotten injured and lost championships um fairly often too you know the ecw tv belt i broke my ankle with it right right um and uh did i you know when i hurt my knee and i had to get knee surgery i feel like maybe me and ray mysterio had the tag team belts not 100 percent sure about that but i know we were partners at that time when i when i blew my knee i remember that specifically but um the only surgery i've ever had but that was before i was fragile yeah. um, but also um yeah i mean with the tna when i had the heavyweight championship they you know they i i, I used up all my dates so they had me injured uh, to forfeit the title and had a disc just like slice me open surgical style and leave me like a piece of meat. Oh man. To the dumpster. Yeah. Um, and uh, it might've happened more than that too, but anyway, obviously with the champion, the WWE championship, that was uh, not an injury, but that was a, uh, I don't know, shall we call it a disqualification? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, some of my losses have been controversial. <laughs> a no contest, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No contest. Um, but so uh, you you were talking about the yeah, the promo. Uh, like, how did it kind of feel to kind of? Oh, no, it was awesome like because they just you got this much time, you know, and uh, you got any ideas? Uh, yeah, boom, 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 love it. Yeah. Yeah, it was easy. Uh, it was awesome seeing Renee. She She's looks great. great. She's yeah. so good at it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've always... Yeah, I've always enjoyed working with her. You develop a little bit of relationship uh, with everybody, like, you know, your own unique relationships and, like, the person that's interviews you a lot, you know, you get to uh, have your own, build your own um, relationship that lasts, like, forever, you know, right. like, over years and years and years, and it's just, like... You know, uh, it's part of the chemistry, but it's like, you know, I'm, I usually like to try to make people laugh or, or whatever, you know. Actually, what I was, <laughs> yeah, what I was yesterday, when I went in there to do the promo and the dude was talking to Renee before she interviewed me and she was, he was talking to her about my match with, uh, or not my match, but about uh, this, uh, the run-in with, with Jungle Boy um and it was uh it was a, it was a pre-tape you know and i just said why are you telling her that like why are you talking to her about my match and uh and i said oh so that she understands like where i came from i guess or whatever and i said yeah yeah and i said all right if you say so and here they said something about um i love having you back rob or something like that or <laughs> nothing <laughs> <laughs> It was, I guess it was like a Sabu moment because it was just so weird. Like, why are you telling the girl it's going to interview me, you know, about the about this thing that's going to happen? But, right. <laughs> no, I, it was pretty cool to kind of see that because I watched it. I was watching it uh, on my phone, and then I saw the clip on Twitter of the interview, and I was like, hell yeah. All right. Stakes are there, man. We got Boom. it going. Mm -hmm. Boom. Went in, dropped it. Awesome. Went back, all the way back to my room. And then they came back and said uh, there was like uh, one thing about uh, that they wanted to. Uh, I wasn't accepting a challenge. I thought I was, and I guess he didn't really throw a challenge out when he was talking schmack. He was you just know. kissing people. And I was like, no problem. Boom. Mm -hmm. Again, dropped it. Bam. It was cool. It was easy. And and yeah, you know, as far as that goes, I guess there that is quite a bit different than uh, one would experience in the. Uh, in the big um extreme wrestling aspect of things yeah the trendsetters all that yeah. stuff. so that no that was all very cool and everybody that was in charge of whatever department you know seemed like uh cool and like they had good uh relations and connections with the talent so they were able to produce it that way yeah yeah no it's were you familiar with a lot of the production people backstage? Because I know they have a lot of everybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, everybody was a familiar face. You know, yeah, yeah it was amazing. I didn't expect that. I, I know it's kind of kind of wild from what you hear. I hear names, familiar names, and like I think like Kevin Sullivan, not the Taskmaster, the other Kevin Sullivan was back there. I think he's back there. There's several names that it's just like, oh, okay, I know that one too. So it, yeah, and, and man, the, the camera dudes and, and um, audio guys and just everybody. Um, it, it was, you know, over the last uh, 20, 30 years, like I didn't even 
place some of them, you know, because in my mind, I'm not sure if I know. Do I know this guy from TNA, like the first run, I think? Or was that, you know, but so it doesn't even matter anymore. It's just like, dude, I know we work together a lot. So maybe even, maybe even in several places, I don't know. And then one face that didn't look familiar at all to me, I'm just like, hey, man, good to meet you. And he's like, yeah, hey, Jeff Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all this big gray like uh, Papa Smurf uh, yeah. face now I, was, I had no idea that was him I was like oh yeah you are you are Just how about that how about that um, well okay so uh, you were impressed with uh, Jungle Boy's heel work initially uh, now you've seen him face to face what were what your initial thoughts of uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry there good timing He's confident. We're going to see how durable he is. That's right. That's right. Is he fragile? That's going to be the question. I hope not. Right. (laughs) I I doubt it. I doubt it. The match I have in mind, not that I have a whole match in mind, but what I have in mind is not for the fragile. Uh, Whatsoever, Rob. That's not your bucket. That's not not my style. That's not your bag there, man. Not your bag. All right, um, I'll ha- I'll ask this too. Uh, a lot of fans are curious about, like, hey, uh, would Rob be doing more with AEW coming up or anything like that? Um, do you have any thoughts on that in regards to what you may be doing or what your future might be with AEW? Or yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. See, and I think that's the thing too. I I kind of don't. Want, I mean, I get why fans ask that question because they want to see more of you, but it's also like, hey. Let's leave the air mystery up. Let's see what happens. You know, I like to, I like to not know everything sometimes. So. Right. Mm-hmm. See what happens. See what happens, guys. You know. All right. Well, so we don't have a wrestler spotlight this week. Uh, Chris did give me a whole list of names of ECW wrestlers. A pretty thorough list. Um, and uh, we're maybe going to do a ranking system here, but I'm thinking more so. Uh, it would be kind of cool to get just a little bit of stories of some of these guys that we haven't really talked about necessarily yet. So I picked three of the names uh, from the ECW days that you've uh, competed against or w- alongside with maybe. But uh, three stories. We'll, we'll just have three stories. I'll give you one name. You share a story, and then we'll go for two more and see how that goes. So, All right. My first I, one I was going to start with, somebody uh, you've mentioned you know before on here, but... Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. Do you have any good stories to share about him, whether it was in the ECW days or crossing paths in WWE? Mm. Man, you know, the only... The only thing that pops up in my mind and I can't, I can't, I can't come up with anything else. So I guess this is going to be my story. Okay. (laughs) When uh, Katie went with me to Hall of Fame, I don't know, a few years ago, Mm -hmm. whatever. um, The first time, first time she was with me at uh, Hall of Fame, when I got inducted, maybe that would have been, I don't know. But anyway, on the bus, uh, <laughs> Mick Foley was sitting by us and uh, 
And he turned to her and he said, uh, I don't even want to say your name. He said, hey, Valex. He called, yeah. <laughs> he thought he, he thought that Katie was, yeah. She didn't really like that that much, you know. Um, like, hey, it's the dark black hair, you know. It's nighttime. He's, he's sitting in front of us without even seeing, kind of like looking back, you know. Hey, Rob, uh, bitch. Um, but yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my funny McFoster. <laughs> yeah, when when you're a hardcore legend, you know you gotta have uh, you know after time. It's hard to see in the dark. <laughs> but also, also what what I relate him to a lot of times, like when when I think of McFoley, I think of that retired hardcore championship that we're talking about, and then. Uh, yeah, he has it. You know, they retired it to to uh, go to him. And you know what? I just realized, dude. I didn't even I didn't even uh, think about archaeology at all till this moment. That's that's why I just spaced it for a second. I was like, man, well, when I I could maybe come up with it on the fly, but I don't even know what I would. Well, if I'll not, just, we could just. I, I have stuff I can talk about with the last weeks too. So. Might have to skip that and see if the world far, falls apart this week. Or... Right. Let's see what it very well could, I think. We, I, you teach a lot of people, and you know what? It's like those the RVDology videos, they do pretty damn good on, on YouTube. You've noticed. Cool. Yeah, man, I'm, that's awesome to know because obviously it's a, it's a purpose-driven venture. And um, so uh, hopefully that's the intent. You know, hopefully I am, am helping people with it. Uh, today... I just uh, flew into Vegas from um, Tampa. Tampa, yep. Yeah, and uh, just landed two hours before we're filming this for people that are watching, and that's why like I wasn't as prepared and I forgot about the archaeology and uh, and so anyway, um, and this one might be a little shorter because uh, you got it. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to do because tomorrow flying out to Tulsa Comic Con. And so uh um back, you know, very short short trip home and so the the brain's a little uh, all over the place with a little bit of jet lag too. So so anyway, that's my uh that's my defense. Just want to throw that out there. That's my insight that I'm sharing with everybody. Yeah, we get, that's the RVDology is like just that's, the yeah. schedule happening. Let's proceed. Right. Uh, okay. Next one is a, one very close to Mick Foley. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I got his biography back there. Terry Funk. Do you have any uh, good experiences or wild experiences with Terry? You know, I haven't really had any, like, one-on-one -on -one time with him or uh, – I don't, you know, I think about, I think about, you know, the match that Sabu had with him and I went out there with scissors and gloves and everything to cut, cut Sabu loose with the barbed wire, you know, that, um, that was a Terry Funk experience. Um, not real. I mean, it was more professional than the personal, but obviously it was a cool moment for me to remember. And I think about, I was part of the Terry Funk retirement show that he did and Amarillo, the Beyond the Mat, caught. wasn't it Beyond the Mat? We decided. Yeah, Beyond the Mat. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I was I was at that. 
um, I've always been uh, uh, closer with, with Dory. Like I um, have just, you know, Dory would book me for all Japan pro wrestling. At first it was Lord Blears. And then afterwards it was Dory that would like uh, book uh, the, the guy jeans to go over. And, uh, and I just, you know, got to know Dory a lot and uh, wasn't really around Terry a whole lot. I can't think of any, uh funny stories although have you ever seen strangle mania no i haven't i i i mean i don't know if it would still hold up i imagine it, it maybe it would but man i just think that was the funniest shit ever they had an fmw match and uh it was cactus jack and and, and terry funk and a barbed wire exploding bullshit match and yeah. uh insane clown posse took that match and they just created their own characters out of it, did their own commentary. And man, I used to cry laughing at it. Uh, I don't know if it would still be as funny, but I, it was, it was, you know, they were just every single time the the commentator would go back to Terry Funk, he would get older and, you know, he'd be like drunk, Terry Funk, 100 years old, looking good out there. And they'd say, you know, cactus sack wraps barbed wire, around his nuts every morning and pulls him just for conditioning. And I don't know, at the time, man, I used to, I used to think it was so funny. And, uh, and there's a few other men. And, and besides the matches you see on there at the time, anyway, were matches you wouldn't see somewhere else with all the, now I guess it's everywhere. Like with death matches, because it was like mines exploding. Mines <laughs> right, yeah. The C4s or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sabu told me, and this wasn't on, this wasn't on Stranglemania, but it was definitely the same promotion. Sabu told me one time they had a, uh, a tub of water in the middle of the ring with piranha in it. <laughs> yeah. And they'd take their face and like. Oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I watched the one, uh, Terry Funk versus Onita, like the, the exploding barbed wire match from 94 and it was pretty cool what they did strictly with the barbed wire like they made like they put fear about barbed wire into it It was like hey i don't want to go into the barbed wire and they made a huge aspect of that where that was a big part of the storytelling of it all well not like somebody you'd wait for them to get thrown into it potentially but it was more so like oh my god the anticipation of when it was going to happen or how it was right. pretty yeah. cool shit you know so there's definitely ways to do it but um yeah terry was I, yeah, I, I grew I, later on. I grew more of a fan. So you got to know Dory through. Oh, it's Petrie? Petrie. No, this one's Barbie. Barbie. All right, <laughs> fitting. Yeah. How about that? Love oh you. my gosh. Love you, oh my gosh. It's hard to leave her when I go on the road. I, that's the that's the worst aspect of traveling, I think. I brought Katie. Brought Katie. Yeah. I had to leave the doggies. Did you get somebody watch him and everything? Okay and everything. Yeah. Yep. Man, yeah. Man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, the third one, I wanted to kind of go a wild card on that one, would be uh, not known too much for ECW, but he was part of it, was Eddie Guerrero. And he, I, I didn't even make the connection about the frog splash until just now, too, but yeah. What's uh, the, your relationship with Eddie? How any good stories in that regard or anything that you can share there? I mean, I, 
you know, I can't think of a damn funny story or even really an interesting story. You know, like I always got along well with Eddie and especially uh, the more we worked with each other, you know, and gained mutual respect. And um, he was intense, you know, he was intense. Uh, but mm, I can't even think of a, uh, of a story. I went to his funeral and, and it was, it was I, I, didn't, I never really felt like I would like I would have been like one of his, uh, you know, like top five buddies or like I knew him that well, you know, it was just uh, out of respect and stuff, you know, like <clears throat> sometimes you, you do that, you know, and uh, and I knew that the family really respected me. Like RVD is good in any hood. I always get respect from families that are in, in, in the wrestling business. They always, they always give me respect because they know I'm, you know, old school and appreciate what I've done with the fundamentals and and so you know the Samoans or uh, or the Guerreros or uh, when whenever it comes to like a family of that I always um, you know the Hart brothers, Hart brothers yeah. Brother, you know, yeah so um, f- story with Eddie um, mm, how'd you like working with him like when you did like you, you said like- he was intense and so like he was yeah. yeah he was intense and uh <clears throat> but i mean i loved the the matches you know what i mean like we were both um athletic and competitive and uh <clears throat> he took one of the best monkey flips out of anybody you know yeah. that for some reason some people can like really go far um on them like for me a lot of times <clears throat> i feel like i'm consistently given a push i mean obviously if they're smaller or heavier or stiffer those are all factors but like man aj styles is one and eddie was one where i could i could monkey flip him and he would hit the turnbuckle on the other you know corner diagonal and that was that was just amazing so i always uh i always liked to, to do that and uh and um you know i loved how the fans were behind him and both of us when we wrestled that got a good reaction it's not always easy to have a baby face match but like with me versus eddie even if either one of us was to be a heel we would still be getting cheered in that match you know right yeah you guys had that cachet at that point too where it was like you know and they both the fans like they liked eddie for the lying the cheating and the stealing and they like you for your attitude and stuff like that but it's um there's still that respect of like, oh man, these guys are too cool to not like, you know, kind of thing. So it's a good balance of things. Same with you and Jeff too. You and Jeff Hardy, like we talked about it too. It's like, you guys have that great reaction. stuff. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, uh, we'll close it out with a little ask RVD here. Um, let's see what we got, what I was going to ask here. Oh yeah. You kind of touched upon this a little bit. Um, somebody was like, they wanted to see, are you going to throw down with Dustin Rose? Um, Dustin, obviously, we talked about how his change of athleticism and stuff, kind of how he's tweaked his style. Um, you and Dustin would compliment one another, I think, pretty well and tell a pretty good story. Um, it, did you work with him previously? One time. It was a November to re- – not a November to remember. One Way Out? No Way Out? No Way Out, maybe? I have a poster of it in my in my 
gym, I think. I don't know. Uh, yes, though. I think it was a No Way Out. And I wrestled uh, one time him. I don't remember a lot about the match. It was in his gold dust character. Um, but uh, saw him last night, too, and got to talk to him, you know. And he's, it's always cool to see guys that you've known like forever and ever and ever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, and uh, like you were saying, there's less and less of us, but it's just, um, you know, that's just the way it is. The longer, longer you live, the more people you get to see pass. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's so, a trade off, you know? Yeah, right. It's a tough one. It's a tough trade off. No. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. Here's a good one. Here's a good one right here. Um, what was the first match you had where you said to yourself, damn, I can really make it big. Like, was there a certain moment where you're like, damn, I am pretty damn good at this shit. Mm. Wow, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there was like one uh, pivotal match where my mind clicked like that. Sabu, who trained me and also was around for my first couple years of bookings, you know, pretty much every show before I started getting booked, uh, you know, outside of him, two or three years, maybe. And then uh, he always would put that in my head and say that he and I were better than everybody else. Yeah. And, and so I always had his perspective of that. And then I just, I, I think just as my confidence grew, um, I guess, you know, that I, 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 I don't know. I, I still feel like it feels, it still feels like there'd be people in the business that wouldn't give me credit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I don't think it's like I cross a line or something. I can still imagine certain people being like thinking that I would be the last person that they would want, you know, to teach wrestlers because, uh, because of their respect for my perspective. I don't know. That's just what I think. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, that probably answers your question because no, I never think, you know, that like boom, okay, you know, I'm on now, roll now. This is okay. it. No, it's just uh, you know, experience and and, and, and a growing comfortability, <laughs> you know, but but uh there was a match where I where the fans started treating me different and that was when i got the tv championship from bam bam bigelow there was definitely uh, a big change overnight like a switch was flipped in the way that the fans treated me yeah yeah i'm looking forward to covering that match at some point that'll be a fun one all the, yeah all of a sudden and paul knew it i didn't know but he told me I didn't know what he was talking about you know it was like it doesn't matter what you do the fans are gonna love you all right, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was just, a, it was just, a, you know, I was over before, but at, when I got the TV title, it was like everybody, just like you said in that question, it was as if everybody knew I was going to be the big star and they were just all so much energy from everybody screaming, you know, RVD. And it was, it was, it was such that it was uh, significantly noticeably different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's pretty interesting to look back and see like all those kind of moments that like really set the bar and then you elevated it even more so later on. 
Uh, okay, we'll close out with this one. This one's been in the, the holster for a while. I keep forgetting to put it up. But um, this guy asked, and I know you mentioned to him on online, I think, too. So, RVD, what was it like for you to team up with Stan Hansen in all Japan? You said it was stiff. It was stiff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stan was stiff. Uh, he was blind. You know, couldn't see very good. And he beat the shit out of anybody. Didn't matter if you were his opponent or his partner <clears throat> or a fan on the way to the ring. You know, um, I don't know if people know this, but kind of like <clears throat> with the running of the bulls, how all the people will crowd all up up on the up on the gate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then when they release them, they all scatter. They they would do that in Japan with Stan. Yeah. Uh, when his music hits, they they would crowd the dressing room uh, entryway. And they would come out with the with the rope and just start swinging it, and and he would be swinging at them, you know. And sometimes he would catch them, and there would be like talk in the back. Like I remember Danny Crawford and, uh, <laughs> sorry Danny, kind of just threw him under the bus. But I remember some, I remember some of the boys, um, you know, being like, "Man, that's not right," you know, because it was like this twelve year old kid with a big welt. On his on his on his eye, and, and they were just like, man, he takes it too far. There's no need for that, you know. And I and I was just you know young, learning this, and like, whoa, can they can they not sue over here? And they're like, no, you wouldn't get away with that in the United States, no way. And and I was like developing my opinions and feelings, like that is pretty bad. Sometimes it wouldn't just be the big knot. It would be the cowbell on the rope. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like the cowbell. Yeah. But just like with the running of the bulls, you look at them, they're asking for it. They all crowd up and then, and it's, so it's like, well, I guess you deserve it, you know? And that's, and that's part of, part of how we got over, you know? And right, keep, yeah. Yeah. You strike fear into people and then fucking move out of the way. <laughs> yeah. One of my, I think maybe my second tour of Japan, maybe um, I was teaming with Stan. Could have even been my first tour. I don't know, but uh, he was my partner and he just decided that he wanted to tag himself in. Um, and, and he just reached over like and hit me. Uh, I guess he tagged me. I don't really remember that part. I just remember him coming in. Um, and, and as he bulls his way by me he, he pushed me on the side of my head so hard just to get me out of the way that it kinked my neck and i had to do the whole tour now with it with a kinked neck that was like causing me so much pain and i was like was that necessary you know like this is the way that i got you know brought up in the business so <clears throat> you know me being a little bit snug <clears throat> is, is a far way from you know hopefully from just outright carelessness you know which i am guilty of a few times you know we all learn from it but stan wasn't learning he was already he was already in his 50s talking about how he was on his way out and uh but yeah he just pushed me so hard and and so like the the whole rest of the tour like it affected like my my mindset you know my yeah motherfucker damn it stan valeriant But um, I did enjoy bonding with them outside of the ring, though, uh, sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I had, over the years, I had plenty of times to have a, uh, a drink with him or, or whatever. And, uh, and I remember asking him for, like, life advice, you know, and stuff like that when I was super young and dating this girl that was before the, the evil ex even. And, and uh, so, yeah, I was 
21. Wait, I started going to 93. So I had just, yeah, I just turned 22, you know, two months ago. So I was just a baby when I first started going to Japan. I don't, I'd only done, I think, one flight. You know, maybe I hadn't been on a flight. I think I was on one flight. But anyway, I was like in this whole world that I, you know, was new to me and without Sabu. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. And like you told that story about like Dr. Death and everything like that. And like you're kind of just like on your own, basically. Dude, I, you know, I, I would, yeah, I would follow these guys to the gym, taking the subway trains or whatever to get there to work out. And I was just thinking, man, if I, turned my back or whatever and lost these guys i would never know how to get home or, oh my god yeah <laughs> was it another another planet you know did you yeah. drink back then um a little bit but it seems like it was mostly just peer pressure back then like yeah yeah i was young and new and so they would kind of force it on you make you drink till you throw up and yeah it wasn't like an everyday looking forward to having a beer after the match kind right, of thing. Right. It's oh. just a matter of trying to fit in and also like, yeah, okay, they're forced. Yeah. To be and traditionally, like what they do on your first tour, they would go to this guy, Joe the Pearl Man. Uh, he had the hookups on pearls, so all the boys would get pearls for their wives back home from this guy. And uh, he would take us out to eat at this place called the Playboy Buddy Club in, in uh, Tokyo. And uh, icky means, you know, you have to drink it down. Yeah. And so you're just hanging out there with a whole table full of guys, you know, just like, wow, you know, I can't believe I'm in Japan. And all of a sudden, everyone's hitting the table going, icky, icky, you know, and you're like, well, what's that? And they're all looking at you, <laughs> like, drink it down, drink it down. And you're like, oh, God, you have a full, big, full fucking mug of chew high, and, and they make you do that till it's way past fun. No, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Icky. Icky. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's how we're going to start next week's episode. <laughs> gonna... well, yeah. What, what Johnny Ace taught me early on, though, uh -huh. and I still use this, I still call it the uh, Johnny Ace method, uh -huh. is um, you don't say goodbye. Just get up like you're going to the bathroom or whatever, and yeah. it just disappeared. And like a little while later, we're like, hey, where'd Johnny go? I was thinking for like, like an hour. And, uh, and, and it's great because they're not going to let you leave. You can't say, all right, man, I'm going to catch some sleep. You can't yeah, do that. No, they'll fucking bros. Barbie would let you get your beauty sleep. Come on, man. We're all, we all got to get up in the morning too. Like, let's drink. How often do we have a drink together? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it would be like that. How often do we get to have a drink together? Um, right. Oh, that's the, yeah, the, the guilt trip. Yeah. Every tour, but yeah. <laughs> I know the the dudes always keep you around. It you cannot escape it. You can't. Just the pressure is on. I just avoid them. I avoid them now. No dudes allowed. And that's the way to do it. And I, I tell you what, Irish goodbyes. I'm a big fan. Like in my mid late thirties now, it's just like okay, I'll just get up. Nobody's gonna care, and you know I'll keep in contact. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I still yeah, I still do that. I did a stand up uh, comedy show <clears throat> a few months ago here. And uh, it was a, a bar one, I think I talked about. Yeah, the Wise Guys? I think it was that one. Mm -hmm. No, I guess it wasn't, actually. No, it was Anyway, it was one of them. And, and, and just afterwards, like, people were coming up talking to me that were like, 
I don't know, talking about they're gonna they want to get me at their club, you know, and this and that, and, and everyone everyone was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get your contact, and blah, blah, And I was looking at them and looking at everybody, you know, and all of a sudden, um, I just like like Homer Simpson in the bushes in that meme. <laughs> Slowly, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. I even had a couple friends that were there, but I was like, it's not worth it to walk all the way back in and say bye to them. And right. I did the Johnny A sex. Wait, I'm gonna Johnny. That's what I'm gonna start calling it now. I'm Johnny Acing it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, I'll leave you with this, Rob. Somebody asked. I can't remember. I didn't screenshot it, but somebody asked, "Do you have your gear picked out for next Wednesday?" No. No. Okay. Element of surprise, guys. It's fun. I like. I it. think I. You know, obviously, people haven't seen me wrestle um, my last several matches because they don't know. You know that I can still go, and they're questioning it. And actually, one comment um, said, like, when you're 52, like a 10 month span, a lot can happen within that. You know? Oh my God! Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe he's right. Like that's interesting. You know? Um, I remember Tracy Smothers telling me that he had to quit smoking, and uh, and I was like, why? He's like, oh man, you just, I just don't have the energy anymore. You know, I just had to give it up. But he was, but he was like, man, you'll see when you're 35. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my point I was going to make, I think I have a few outfits that um, I have either worn once or maybe, maybe even not worn. Um, so unless I get a new one from uh, Joe Holland in the next uh, week, then I think I got a couple of shoes from that um, haven't been exposed to too many people, but that's it. You can only wear them a few times, they get faded, and then they're down in value. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. the thing about the outfits. Keep and the they're one of a kind, Rob. They're one of a kind. That is true. That's why I don't get rid of them anymore. That's right. <laughs> I used to think, you know what, it's just rotting in my closet. It's going to mean a hell of a lot more to some kid that, or a fan or someone that's going to frame it and hang it up. And, and so I used to be okay with... Uh, Either either using them to try to get some promotional traffic to my eBay site or donating them. I don't think I got rid of that many, but I, but already I got rid of too many because now I would never do it again. And now <clears throat> I've looked for a few outfits and uh, couldn't find them. I'm like, damn, I got rid of that one too. Yeah. And I've had fans at conventions tell me. One fan told me he had six of my outfits. I didn't even know I got rid of six total. I have no idea how many I got rid of. Uh, my guy, Joe Holland, my artist, says he's done uh, close to 300 outfits. Holy shit. Yeah. Jeez. Man. Like, oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. So uh, the element of surprise will be next Wednesday happening. Keep you keep people on their toes about it. Um, there you go. Yes. Yes. All right. Rob, is there anything else you want to say before we uh, end it out here? Is there like a, anything about Dynamite coming up? Anything regarding you got Tulsa coming up here too? Tulsa, yeah. When uh, this is available on uh, Friday, right? This is available Friday, so uh, yep. on premiere, so people will see it on premiere. Tulsa Comic Con is uh, Saturday and Sunday. This, um, I think it's the fifth and sixth. Maybe the third. That would be that would be right. So. Yeah. I will be there, see you there, and then uh, we'll get back together uh, next week and see what happens in the meantime. In the meantime, we'll see what happens. Where, where Jack Perry is going to be at next week at that point in time. What's his situation? Columbus. <laughs> Columbus. Okay. 
Columbus, Columbus Ohio. Ohio. All right. Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Rob, you can follow him at the real RVD. You can follow me at Dominic D'Angelo on Twitter. But if you're looking above here, if you're watching, you can go to rvdpod.com. And that's where you can get all the clips. But now, guys, now, every Monday at 420, 420, you will see the new episodes coming up soon enough where you get to watch the full in videos and uh, just add it to the YouTube rotation, baby. It's going to be good stuff. So cool. Uh, Rob, it's been fun. It was really cool to see you on Wednesday night. Uh, Walk was awesome. You're awesome. It's going to be nice. You're awesome, Dom. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Guys, yep. You guys are awesome, too, so we'll see you next week. Yes, you are. Yes. On one of a kind, guys. I was waiting for some kind of sign, some kind of indication I was wasting my time, I got myself about the basement I faked it long enough to say I made it I was patient, I put up a fight I kept saying to myself, oh the future is bright I confronted everything that I was faced with And put it off another day Shoot